Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> you can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts. Especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond to dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributor. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. It is my privilege to get to introduce to you Doreen Dodge McGee. And I, before I do that, I wanted to share just a bit about why she's speaking particularly today. And to do that, I wanna just rewind a little bit. When I was leading a nonprofit that was working to build a movement to end child sexual abuse, my organization ran into some curious research. And the research was, was speaking to how do we involve people in the movement? How do we move people from learning about something to action? At this point, we were doing really important work of creating spaces where courageous survivors would break the silence around child sexual abuse. But what we learned from the research and from our work was that learning about oppression, regardless of how intense, was often not enough to move someone in their lives to action. It wasn't enough to move them into joining the cause. What actually we needed to do was not just say what was true and educate around the oppression, but then to share someone needed to share who would actually reorganize their life to, 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 um, to engage. So what we needed to see were helpers who had shifted what they'd done in order to make a difference in the world and make a difference in child sexual abuse. This reminded me of Mr. Rogers' quote, the well-known one around helpers, that he said, as many of you will know, that when he saw scary things, his mom said, go and look for the helpers. The helpers are always there. It turns out that the helpers might not just mitigate our fears, but they may show us a path of how we can be helpers too. When Mark and I met this week and talked about what our community may need in the wake of terror, in the wake of seeing white supremacy on stage, fomented and authorized by the person who holds the most power in our country. And when we saw a tepid law enforcement response juxtaposed drastically and painfully to the law enforcement response we've seen on black lives protesting and on black lives simply living. We knew this was a lot. And my mind switched back to the research I remember about show the helpers. In order to move from overwhelm and fear and anger, we need to look to the helpers. I know no helper more wise, more committed, more kind than Doreen Dodgen McGee. 
Many of us may know her as the therapist, an author, an expert on tech and how it impacts our lives. Um, she's also a parent of her own children and many have chosen her as a parent too. But particularly in the last few years, I have watched Doreen live out loud, a self-proclaimed introvert who is generously living out loud her work on racial reckoning and being present in this pandemic, both helping others to ground and engage in fiery, loving, and justice-oriented action. So today, we are thrilled to have her in our company. Doreen, will you unmute yourself and share with us? It is such an honor to be with you all. I am very moved uh, by this invitation. And I'm especially moved because when um, Clarissa invited me, she specifically used the language of don't prepare a message, bring a message. And I think that um, that is very new for me. And so I'm very excited to kind of bring what I feel as though God has given me um, to share today. So I think what I wanted to, to start with is just by saying that one of the most profound things I have noticed in myself and in, um, in, in working with and being with others in this time is that we all feel like, or most people I talk to feel like we are in this never ending loop. We are in this circle that never seems to stop. And we experienced the results of the election and felt like, oh, maybe that will be the trajectory that gets us out of this spiraling circle. And then we see what happened this week. We see the vaccine coming and we think, oh, maybe that'll be the thing that gets us out of this circle. And then we see this new strain coming and it feels like this never ending loop wherein we've sort of lost our rituals, I think, around beginning and ending. Instead, there's this just kind of constant, we no longer get up after a meeting and you know go down the hall to get the coffee. We just sit in our chair and hop over to social media <laughs> in place of the meeting that we just finished on Zoom. And so I, I want us to think a little bit about today about the benefit and the gift of never ending looping spirals. Because no matter where we are in a circle, <laughs> if we stop in that space, it will be a different experience, a different perspective and a different place than we were in you know, two seconds ago in a circle. And the best example of this that I have um, is a perplexus. I don't know, maybe some of you have one of these, but it's this ball that has this, all these little, um, pathways and it's a maze inside and you can you know just find yourself in all different places and that's a little bit what I think this time has been like and I have been particularly blessed and I, I decided I wanted to share with you from the place of a person who during the pandemic has actually been hosting what what are called healing circles for several different um, vulnerable groups of people. And so I took some time this weekend to just reflect on what I have learned in this time of monotony from these vulnerable folks. So I've been doing healing circles with mothers in the back of the yards of Chicago, which is the space in Chicago where the most violent murders occur. Um, and it is the second most violent place in our country. And I've been doing weekly healing circles with mothers who have either lost their children to gun violence or to incarceration. 
I've also been doing weekly healing circles with COVID survivors. So individuals who have either uh, lost loved ones to COVID or who are living with the long-term effects of having lived through COVID. I've been doing healing circles with gun violence prevention activists and also gun violence uh, survivors and also with young people. So young, um, especially black and brown and indigenous uh, individuals who are trying so hard to be light for their communities. So once a week, I listen to these voices as well as to the voices of myself, my family, my precious clients. <laughs> um, and I hear over and over that we come to this place in the circle where I've, become to I've come to think about it as kind of like, what now? If at any moment, just right now, if you are to stop and ask yourself, what now? And what I mean by that is, what do I feel right now? What do I see from this place in this never ending loop right now? What are my experiences right now? Do I feel tense? Do I feel tight? And the things that I think I hear over and over are that right now, communally, culturally, globally, we feel exhausted. We feel very triggered. We feel angry, lonely, glimmers of hope, tiny moments of joy or relief. We feel overwhelmed. We feel tightness in our bodies. We feel the exhaustion of breathing only the air of our homes and the small spaces around them. All of these things that we come to with this what now are super important teachers. Teachers from all different faith traditions talk about the idea of uh, sacred circles, another circle reference, where if we were to draw a circle around ourselves and think of the fact that anything that comes into that circle comes into it to teach us. Now, Western evangelicalism has had a horrible habit <laughs> of turning that idea of sacred circle on its head kind of and saying anything that comes into that circle comes in for us to teach. And I really want us to rethink that idea. This exhaustion, these looping thoughts that we can't get rid of, this tightness, maybe these what nows are here to teach us something. Maybe we are to learn from them. And if we do that, then I really think we can move to the space of now what? Now, knowing and identifying what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, what my experiences have been. What can I do to comfort myself and to comfort my community, to activate for my community, to fight for justice and to offer peace and love? And so I wanna kind of come back to, as we think about now what, this idea of the circle, the circle that is me. You know, if we took the outside shape of our body in a line, we could stretch it out into kind of a wonky circle shape. So I want us to think about now what is important for me to do within myself and now what is important for me to do and to be and to think and to feel for or on behalf of the community and the space and the people that are around me. 
So I wanna offer just a few um, tips or ideas that I use when I'm thinking about now what, that have really helped me be able to harness kind of that self-reflection of what now, and then turn it into um, some power and force and energy. And the first thing is that if we're gonna think about now what, we first have to create a pause. So we have to stop in this, you know, never stopping, never ending circle and cycle and take a pause. Even if that is a pause that is three seconds long, taking a deep breath in and making some kind of decisions. It's so important in times like this of prolonged distress with no known end that we don't just have a thought, have a feeling, have an experience and react. We must create a pause. And within that pause, we need to think of a couple of things. We need to brainstorm some options, both for how we handle our thoughts and feelings and experiences within ourselves and outside of ourselves. Keeping a few important things in mind. <laughs> I think it's really important to think about doing one thing at a time. And the first thing always must be tending to the self. So if I stop and I ask myself, okay, now what? With all these feelings, now what? First thing I need to do is honor and tend to my feelings, especially the big feelings. I'm angry, I see my anger, I feel my anger. What do I need to do to responsibly honor that and not take it out on others? I see my timidity. What do I do to honor that, to comfort that, and not uh, go with it in such a way that allows me to be walked on or others to be walked on? But again, stopping and tending to our own selves first. I think of it all oftentimes as tending to the sponge. And especially if we are people who tend to be very active, you know, a sponge is very active in picking up messes and cleaning up drips and spills. And if we don't every once in a while squeeze that sponge out to create more space, we'll just take a dripping soaked sponge and put it on the counter to pick up the, the mess and it will actually make a bigger mess. So within that pause, the first thing we have to do is squeeze out, tend to self. From that space, hopefully of feeling tended to and seen and known and honored, we have to think about doing what only we can do. So many of us can do many things, but it's really important that we tend to the idea that we are a team and that there is a different role for every person on the team. And what is our space? What is the thing, you know, I want to make sure that I am using the energy that God gave me to do what only I can do so that it frees up space for you to do what only you can do and that together we bring a full picture. And I think right now when we're overwhelmed and distressed, we tend to want to help with everything. It's important that we pick a kind of a, a focal point in terms of our own stamina and in terms of the, the well-being of the community. And then also, I think it's important to kind of think about doing one major thing at a time. Right now, it sort of feels like everything is just so close to the surface. Choose one area within your own world of self-care, maybe one area within the world of, of uh, social justice and activism that is going to be yours. If we pause we brainstorm some options, we honor our internal world, we look out to the external world, 
then we can begin to come up with some clarity about now what. And after Clarissa invited me, I just decided to reach out to those circles that I've been with. And I asked, you know, these vulnerable individuals, so individuals from the queer community, from the black community, from the native community and the brown communities, from communities touched deeply by violence and incarceration, from the trans community, and then from my black brothers and sisters. And I asked them, what would they like from their point in the circle? for a bunch of mostly white <laughs> Oregonians to be thinking about in our own loops in terms of now what? So I'm gonna to read to you some of their responses and then I wanna offer you a couple of queries. And after I've offered the queries, I want to just slowly read a couple or you know, give you some words from their insights as we go into this time of reflecting on what we as image bearers need to take in about what now, what do we feel, what have we experienced, and now what, what is our response? Here are the responses that I got from my place in the circle I would like to ask that white people recognize that your America is not my America and has never been my America. From my place, I would say, keep praying, don't give up. Your child will come home from prison. Honor your anger. From my place, progress is not a current that carries us forward. The current actually carries us backwards toward who we as individuals and who we as a culture have been. We must be salmon and swim upstream all the time. Rest so you can swim upstream. From our place, don't just hear us. Listen to us. From my place, I would say it's okay to not be okay. We're in the midst of a pandemic and a revolution. If we're thriving right now, we are robots. Our struggle is authentic. My struggle makes me me and your struggle makes you you. And together we are community. Channel your rage into activism. From youth I heard, from our place there are some things that we can see only because of our youth, that you can't because of your age, and vice versa. Another person said, tend to balance. It's okay to be kind and direct. It's okay to work hard, push hard, and stop to take a breath. And then from a couple of my most important teachers who are very young children, when I kind of described to them the idea of the circle and what we could learn, I asked what they, what they wish grown people would know and practice 
to be helpers to them in the circle. And I got these answers. I wish they would shake their booties more. <laughs> and then from um, my precious nephew, Wes, five years old, he said, I don't know what you're talking about, auntie. And then he said, but wait, maybe we should light candles, sing songs and play games together. So the queries I want to offer you are just to spend a little bit of time in this quiet thinking about your what nows, what are you left with after these exhausting, overwhelming, repetitive, monotonous 12 months? What are you left with? You know, what are the what nows inside of you? And what are the what nows that you see around you in that circle around you? And then from there, now what? What do you feel called to? What is the pause? How can you literally start conditioning yourself to take a pause when you want to react? How can you turn that pause toward thinking about self-care? What do you need in those moments? Also, what are the things that only you can do that you can offer? And what is the one thing maybe to begin with? And so as we head into this time, let me just read a few words from all of those responses I got in the hopes that maybe they will pique some thoughts. Recognize, pray, hold hope, have the bedroom ready for the re-entering citizen and child. Swim upstream, rest, listen, youth, struggle, embrace being not okay, honor our differences. Age, kind, direct, push, breathe, channel, dance. Light, sing, and play. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We're really happy that so many of you are finding it to be helpful and as a way to stay connected with what's going on with us here at West Hills Friends. If you'd like to stay connected with us in other ways, we have a couple options for you. You can check out our website. It's westhillsfriends.org. There you'll find some more information about who we are as a community. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook account by just searching for West Hills Friends. You can also follow us on Instagram. We have a Instagram account with the name West Hills Friends. 
So we hope that you'll get connected with us in other ways. And again, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast.